The Boys of Tech with Edwin Herman and Brett King. Nice to see you all here. This is episode 17 of The Boys of Tech. I'm Edwin Herman and normally hosting the show with me is Brett King. Normally we have his audio come over the internet. Uh, But Brett's away sick this week so it'll just be me. So straight into our stories I guess. Uh, First up we're just following the Pirate Bay story. The latest news is that there's a Swedish government department that's responsible for debt collection. And you may remember that the four convicted uh, from Pirate Bay were given fines as as well as jail time, al- although there is an appeal going on. But uh, the, the fines you know, have been imposed and the government department responsible for collecting the fines is asking for at least half of the money immediately. And by the way, the, <laughs> there's a, a very colourful name for this government department. It's called the Kronofog de Mendigeten. Now, if that's not long enough, you can probably understand why <laughs> why the French have created the acronym Hadopi, because the long version of that is La Haute Autorité pour la Diffusion des Oeuvres et de la Protection des Droits sur Internet. So that, that's a very long government department, but I digress. So coming back to the Pirate Bay story, they're asking for the money straight away. Uh, and <laughs> in their usual dismissive style, Peter Sunder, who was one of the four Pirate Bay defendants, as soon as he got the letter, he put it right through the shredder, as you do, <laughs> as you do. He's obviously not worried at all, although you've got to wonder whether it's just a front and that he's actually really worried underneath because you know, one year in jail and a huge fine is is not something to be sort of shrugging off. And it just seems a, a little harsh, really, that they're asking for the money straight away, or at least, well, half the money straight away. They've even frozen their bank accounts so that they can recover the money. It just seems a little harsh because... There is going to be a retrial, or at least there's a. Uh, they've asked for a retrial, and it's being considered. So it seems a little strange that this government department is now, you know, ploughing on ahead with with the debt collection process. So it seems a little odd. And there's actually been also another little interesting uh, side note in this story. There's a site that's popped up uh, on the you know Swedish internet domain space dot which encourages people to deposit money into the bank account of the law firm representing the Pirate Bay plaintiffs. We're talking the music companies here. Now, you might be thinking, why would you want to encourage people to donate money to the law firm representing the music companies in the Pirate Bay case? Well, there's a good reason. Uh, it's, It's very clever. You see, under Swedish law, Companies can receive up to a thousand payments a year into their bank account for free. They're not charged any any fees for that. But anything beyond the first one thousand for the year are charged at one point seven krona each. The idea is to encourage as many people as they can to deposit one Swedish krona, which is about ten euro cents, into the bank account. The idea being that if this bank account receives so many deposits, they're going to be charged a whole heap of bank fees. In fact. Uh, once we get past the first 1,000, 
every one kroner deposited means the company will need to pay a 1.7 kroner fee. So, so they're kind of going backwards. So this is, this is really interesting. This, this is very smart. It's a bit nasty in a way, but you can understand why, why someone might want to do this. Uh, it's not very clear who's behind this whole thing. Uh, there, there, there is a suspicion that it's one of the four that are being, you know, one of the four Pirate Bay defendants, but there's no proof, so no one really knows. So very smart, I must say. Uh, whoever did this is, is, is not only smart, but has, I think has a little bit of a sense of humour there as well. So that's the Pirate Bay. Uh, moving on to uh, a new product that's out from Visa. It's actually just being trialled. The product is a credit card, but on the back it has a little keypad just built in, uh, and you punch in your PIN number and it generates a code. You punch in the code when you're making a what's called a card not present transaction. So that's like uh, on the internet where you don't actually physically swipe or insert your card anywhere. And the PIN number generated from the card itself is once given uh, submitted to the website can be verified uh, to work out whether or not the person who holds the card is indeed the authorised owner. Obviously, uh, a stolen card uh, won't be able to generate the correct number because the person in possession of the card won't have the PIN number. So it's kind of like having your own little PIN verification system on the card so that you can make secure transactions when the card is not present. So this built-in PIN system should increase the security of online credit card transactions dramatically. So that's a nice new thing to look out for. I'm not sure when when that's going to be released, but testing is underway now, and it's through Visa. All right, France is ignoring the EU laws and passing its own anti-piracy law. We covered this uh, here on previous episodes of The Boys of Tech. In fact, I'll just mention the government agency created called Hadopi, well the acronym is Hadopi, which will oversee the complaints and allegations of copyright theft and will be responsible for maintaining the blacklist when people are banned from the internet. Well, it seems that this law that the French have passed flies in the face of a conflicting European law which prohibits EU governments from terminating a user's internet access without a court order. So I'm not sure how the French are going to get away with this or whether it's going to be overturned because uh, on one hand we've got this very, very strict law, one of the strictest anti-piracy laws in the world uh, just being approved in France, but we've got this conflicting law from the EU which says that we need a court order in order to terminate a user's internet access. So not sure where this is going to go. Alright, how many times have you read something on the internet and thought, well it must be true because I read it on the internet? Well, we know that that's obviously not the case. And this has just been proved by a student in Dublin, Shane Fitzgerald. What he's done is he's edited a Wikipedia page and attributed a phony quote that he completely made up to a French composer who died recently, uh, Maurice Jarre. And what's interesting about this experiment is that this quote that was, as I said, completely made up, has found its way to the mainstream media. It's been reported in blogs and newspaper websites in Britain, Australia and India. And eventually he came forward and said, OK, look, I made this up. Uh, it was just a little test. That quote was completely made up. Morris Jar did not say that at all. Uh, but, you know, he goes on to say that had he not actually come forward and admitted that this was just a, a big test... 
that this quote would have gone down in history. People believed it. They thought, well, this, this, that this quote was, was actually true. And it really makes you wonder how many other quotes are completely false as well. It really does make you wonder. And I think, you know, with people have said that with the internet, it means that we've, we get information faster, we get more information more quickly, but it also introduces the risk of misinformation, of information that is incorrect. And so, sure, we're getting a lot more information, but if more of it is misinformation, is that really useful? Uh, and in case you're wondering, by the way, the, the quote actually goes like this, which is, remember, completely made up. One could say my life itself has been one long soundtrack. Music was my life. Music brought me to life. And music is how I will be remembered long after I leave this life. When I die, there will be a final waltz playing in my head that only I can hear. It's quite a nice quote, but it's, it's completely made up by Shane Fitzgerald. Uh, so there you go so remember this don't believe everything you read on the internet but I think you knew that already alright there's uh, a lot of protests going down in the uh, Twitter sphere uh, users are really annoyed with Twitter Twitter made a change recently to the way replies are handled you see before this change Twitter users had been able to choose between two different settings for viewing the feed of accounts they follow one option is to turn on at replies from members whom they follow directed to members whom they don't follow. And the other option is to leave those off and see fewer of these. So for example, say I follow Brett on Twitter and Brett follows John Key, because John Key's also on Twitter. And let's assume that I don't follow John Key. Well, if Brett replies to something that John Key had said, should I or shouldn't I see that reply? I may choose to see it, although it won't make a lot of sense because it's kind of like a one-sided thing. I can only see Brett's response to John Key. I don't see what John Key has said because I don't d directly follow John Key. So that's one option. Or I could choose not to see those. And that's the choice that users had. But now Twitter have removed that choice. So now you don't see those replies to people whom you don't follow. Uh, it, to me, it kind of makes sense. Um, I, you know, why would you want to see a one-sided conversation? But uh, people have said that, you know, well, actually, it's quite nice because from that, you might decide, oh, I might want to see what that conversation is about. I might want to follow that person. So in my example, I might want to follow John Key and see what this little side conversation is all about. And that's the way you meet more people and follow more people. But I, I don't know. It, 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 people have been really upset by this, though. Uh, there's this... <laughs> I think the, the number one trending topic for Twitter was fixed replies. So there are a lot of Twitter users who have been annoyed. And to be quite honest, I think this is one where Twitter goofed it up. Uh, you know, regardless of whether you think that the way it is now is the best way. I mean, I think it kind of makes sense. It's obvious that the backlash means that Twitter got it wrong, that there are a lot of people out there, a large proportion of Twitter users that really don't like that change. So, bit of an oops from Twitter. So, actually, Twitter have since announced that they're going to review that and I think they're going to bring back some more options for replies, more powerful options, but we have to wait for those. So, that's that's in the pipeline. And speaking of oops, Google Street View has to reshoot in Japan. Well, yeah, they have to do the whole thing again, and it's 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 a bit of a pain because they've already done a lot of uh, a lot of J uh, Japan, 
They have already filmed in 12 Japanese cities, including Tokyo and Osaka. Those are huge cities. That's a massive job to reshoot it all. And you're probably wondering why they have to reshoot. Well, you see, Google has received complaints that its cameras were picking up far too many private shots because their cameras were angled a little too high and capturing, you know, over back fences and things like that. And because they've received so many complaints in Japan, they're going to reshoot it all with slightly lower cameras. So Google have a huge job ahead of themselves. Uh, Australia is bucking the global software piracy trend. Worldwide piracy rates rose from 38% to 41%, going from 2007 to 2008. But Australia, who now has a 26% piracy rate, in fact, not only is it low, but it actually dropped from 28 So some very honest people there in Australia. Either that or they have really strict laws. In fact, I'll tell you what we should do is have a look at the figures for France in the next few years and see whether their strict anti-piracy laws uh, have any effect on that rate. That would be an interesting uh, statistic to look at. So that concludes our international stories for this week. We'll take a short break and when we come back, we'll look at the New Zealand stories for the week. Welcome back. Looking at the New Zealand stories for the week, Vodafone has signed a Twitter deal. Up until now, we haven't been able to use Twitter using our mobile phones here in New Zealand. But Vodafone has announced that it's made a deal with Twitter, which means that Twitter users here in New Zealand can tweet using their mobile phones. And as well as that, they'll be able to receive tweets from people they follow on their mobile phones as well. So finally, we're going to get some of that functionality that other countries have been enjoying with Twitter for a while. So that's, that's great news. Uh, it's going to be Vodafone only, by the way, as well. Nothing has been announced for telecom phones. So if you're a telecom user, you're out of luck. New Zealand Computer Society has launched an independent certification scheme. So this is going to be a formal, non-aligned certificate of professionalism in the ICT industry, which, and this is the important part, which is not tied to any vendor. So it's not a Microsoft certification, it's not a Cisco one, it's not an Apple one, it's not an IBM one. It's completely independent and it's going to be known as the Information Technology Certified Professional. So... The qualification is ITCP. So I think this is this is a great step forward. I think this is something that's uh, really been lacking for a, for a while and, and in fact is a little late coming to be quite honest. And I, I really welcome this. I think this is going to be really good. I think I might have to sit mine eventually. Alrighty, so that's the New Zealand stories done. It's a bit of a quick show because uh, Brett's away sick this week, so... Uh, hopefully he's back on board next week so that wraps up episode 17 of the boys of tech thank you very much for joining us everyone and we'll see you all again next week for episode 18 take care bye bye